Welcome back to another episode of Bar 89. I'm your host for today's show, Dan Paul. Shook along with Stephen Frake and Ryan Carmichael, as always. And today, we'll be enjoying a nice Sauvignon Blanc. We're mixing it up here at the bar a little bit today. It's presented by the Wilmot Wild Junior C Lacrosse team. It was kind of a custom-made bottle and blend, if you will, from uh, the team a couple of seasons back. And I was actually a lucky recipient of one a few weeks, or at that time, I should say. So with the topic today being... NCAA Sports, we've got Wilmot Wild Lacrosse, which, shout out to them, you should check out a game if you're from Waterloo Region and just beyond its borders, worth checking out in the summer months, but uh, let's raise a toast to them and uh, to the student-athletes we'll be talking about today, boys. Cheers. So today's topic is not so much meant to go into the nuts and bolts, the dollar figures, because it's been well documented about how much the NCAA, as an organization, governing body, makes on a year-to-year basis from collegiate athletics. It's a, yeah, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. yeah. So On the we, back, basically, of basketball, football, right? Uh, yeah. Lacrosse is pretty big in the States, too, which I... Hockey, you know, the you know the Frozen... Yeah. Whatever they call the... The, the, the Frozen tournament. Four is... Yeah. yeah. It's pretty popular. It's more popular than any college hockey here. For sure. Really. For sure. And even volleyball, too. You can go into a number of different sports, and depending on the school that is represented mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. the, the conferences and there's so many conferences it's unbelievable how much they're actually broken down um, but either way that's kind of the stuff we're trying to avoid but with a stu- former student athlete on one side of me another one that's very well very much ingrained into the student athlete experience with um, with being involved with Laurier Goldhawks with your dad being a head coach at one point for a long time two mm-hmm. different sports I want to get your perspective of what your thoughts are initially of your reaction to the amount of money being made and students not being paid for their contributions to the respective sports. Flat out, do you think student athletes in the NCAA should be seeing some of that green that's coming their way? You're looking at me. So I'm, I'm, I was going to start with you, right? Yeah. I'll go with that. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I don't really have a strong opinion either way, which is flaky as hell, but um I've watched uh, LeBron James has his documentary called Student Athlete. I think it's on HBO. And I still haven't seen that, so maybe um, break that down for us. A little yeah, bit. I watched that recently, and it follows the it follows the experience of being a student athlete from a few different kids. They focus on, um, I think, a couple basketball players, uh, a football player, at least one or two, two. I think I could be wrong, but they basically follow these five or six kids around through their journey, and then they follow them after. And to see how broken down they are physically and what kind of lives they have after. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it shows like the pressure on them as well. There's this one kid who's from, I think he was from Puerto Rico or uh, one of the islands. And he's a big, big, tall basketball player. And his entire life was basketball, right? Like it's not just the games. He's going to events at different places for promotional purposes. He has to wear certain clothes. He has to, but he's not allowed to buy them or get them for free. He has to but he has to come in full Nike gear, for example, at one event, but he's not allowed to accept free stuff because that's like, he would have to get it through his team. Right. right? So that would be on his own dime with. Yeah. All- and if he shows up wearing an Under Armour t-shirt, like he gets in trouble, right? He's like, well, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing? Cause they, the branding people, Nike and Under Armour and them, they make a fortune off of getting a high school kids and college kids to wear their gear because those kids have millions of Instagram followers and they don't have to pay that, that kid any money where they pay like LeBron James signed a billion dollar contract with Nike. 
you know, there's no contract with the kid. They even uh, at the high school where this kid, this one basketball player was playing. So his team was sponsored by Adidas or Nike, whomever. Um, but it, the technicalities behind it, since the team is not allowed to be sponsored, the actual principal was the one technically personally sponsored. So that his the contract's with him, and then then the gear goes to the players. But then those players walk around and are pictured on social media, and you know it's free free advertising. So it costs Nike twenty five hundred bucks or whatever for the jerseys, and they're getting you know free millions and millions and millions yeah. of dollars worth of free advertising to the point that they make more off the advertising that comes from those kids wearing the stuff than they do from any bench player in the NBA. Right? You're talking top two players on each team would be able to have a better influence on the marketing dollars uh, than these high school kids. So that's where I started going, okay, you know, you, you see the pressure, like this kid, you could see him, he's not happy, but he, his family's on him because they know that he's a good, he could make it to the NBA and their family's set forever. There's coaches on him. There's, uh, you know, he has to do his studies still. So the teachers are on him. Um, there's boosters of the high school that are on them because they want their, the school to have a good program. You know, the U S is crazy with, with how strong they, I, the fact that you say high school boosters, right, you hear about it at the college level, university level, yeah. if you're in Canada, but high school, come on. I know it's crazy, but the, so there's just the guys, every day is planned. He has all this pressure. He's clearly not necessarily enjoying himself all the time. He doesn't like being in front of the media, but he's always got to give interviews. But he's not allowed to accept any anything. So it's kind of an odd... I sort of think that's a bit strange. And they follow this running back from, a, I want to say Temple University, but I think I'm wrong when I say that. He was a walk-on. He made the team. So he didn't come with an athletic scholarship or anything, right? Because they hand those out to the better players, of course, the ones that are recruited. He was a walk-on. He came from a single family, a single mom. Uh, his, his didn't have much money. And uh, so he was actually living um, couch surfing. You know, he didn't have a place of his own. He'd either live in his, his shitty car or he'd stay at somebody's house on their couch. Um, but he was training to make the team, made the team. And he was also having to keep his studies up because he's not a technically, a, you know, a normal. He doesn't have a, all this free money to play. So he has to maintain grades to stay in the school. Um, a friend of his parents, quite wealthy, heard about the, this kid they're not boosters of the university they're not they don't care about football or anything they just knew that their son's close friend was homeless essentially so they thought okay you know what well let's get him a small apartment we'll cover his apartment NCAA found out and they kicked him out of they kicked him off the program he's banned for life and all because he accepted a, a place to live um, from somebody who had nothing to do with anything to do with the sport and they did this to him during his second year, and since he didn't play his second year out, he can't be draft eligible for the NFL. And even that as a rule shows that the NFL uses college sports, college football, as their pipeline, right? Only two kids in the last ever have been drafted that didn't play college football. So it's a pipeline to the pros. You know, there's all this money being made from everywhere. And this kid couldn't even have an apartment because... The rules say that he's not allowed to accept anything. If he was just a student, he would be allowed to accept it. But as the second he put on the uniform, he wasn't. So I, that got me thinking too. So I'm, I'm not sure. I think I'm leaning towards the system is not perfect the way it is. I don't know if I agree though that they should get salaries necessarily. That would maybe my answer. But very long-winded. Sorry about that. 
No, don't apologize. It's really good insight. And the fact that you mentioned the NCAA being maybe the pipeline to pro football, your point was proven with the fact that uh, the AAF, the American Alliance Football League, that was going on for about four or five weeks, I want to say, which was going to be kind of that AAA system, the minor league system for the NFL, basically shut its doors uh, kind of unexpectedly and all these players were left hanging. But um, right. just an example of the power that the NCAA still has and they're probably laughing, right? So Yeah, true. And looking at you, Frank, I know it's a kind of a different experience, but coming in to your university collegiate experience as a student athlete uh, playing collegiate football, was scholarship always top of mind for you? Was it always just the sport on top of the education? There was no scholarship when I played. Yeah, that, yeah, those were illegal back in the day in Canada. They just okay. were, yeah, there just wasn't. I got if if you were going to get money, it was for academics, right? <clears throat> um, but in listening to you know what Ryan was saying, I find it exhausting to to hear the hoops for for a t shirt and a pair of sneakers that the kid playing for the program is going to get, but that it has to go through all these channels, has to be through the principal's contract, and I, I find that glitch in the system stupid. Like if the team is sponsored by Nike, why shouldn't they be able to get the swag? Get the yeah. I mean, even even here we get that. Like when when I did play, I think it was Reebok my first year. We got you know uh, cleats for turf, cleats yep. for yep. for grass, uh, a bag, t-shirts, uh, like a tracksuit for travel, like on the bus, so we don't look the same. I mean, I I just. I don't know. I it didn't feel weird. It felt like it felt awesome coming from whatever a little piss in high school, and then getting to play for a university team and getting some gear that said Reebok on it. And so I can't even compare to what that must be like. Well, I have this, but I can't accept that one. I could still wear Under Armour. I could still wear anything else. We don't have any of the same pressures at all. And it's, I, I just it it would be very confusing to walk around and say, what am I actually allowed? to wear we're talking about fucking shirts and shoes that if you're playing for a, a team you should be getting those i think that should be yeah well, we saw with zion do. williamson during the ncaa tournament too well, right? yeah, busting out and that cost nike money yeah. right and then yeah the, their stock dipped that cost them briefly like yeah billion, and then they uh, went all dollars. out to make this fantastic pair of shoes and they turned into a whole thing where they got a lot of exposure and it almost and they turned out okay the other thing that jumped out about me that you said and i without, again, knowing what the situation must be like, the pressure you said this this young man felt from his family to make the NBA. There's so much already wrong with that. Oh, there's tons, like yeah. That, that, I think, is also a fault, not with the system at all, but with just people's expectations. The ticket that you said, that they'd be set for life, I believe are the words right. that you chose. That is so unfair to a student. When I got to play football, but it was... To be a student for you really, it really was student athlete, not athletic student. It was which more I think the term should be in the states. Sounds yeah. like it was more for fun than anything. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You weren't looking to go pro or anything like that. Yeah, and even if I was, it wasn't to. It wasn't. To, I made the CFL, <laughs> right? And that was going to pay. Even even if you are fortunate enough to play in the CFL, you better have a a, a plan ready for after your three or four years of special teams as a Canadian. Yeah. And yeah, get enjoy yourself. Go get paid. Do as, as well as you can, and then be ready to go to work once the fun of playing football is done. It's it's night and day difference down there where you're probably already feeling that pressure at grade nine if you've got certain genetics and, and skill that you've shown, and people are already talking to you and your family. How do you not 
you know, in defense of them, how do you not start thinking, oh man, I might, I could, I could make the NBA. Yeah. I can see where you'd fall into that. Absolutely. Or NFL, yeah. whatever the case. Yeah. And, and the reason I brought up all that background information on you, uh, Frank, as well, is because I wonder whether you have maybe a bit more sympathy for those student athletes south of the border that where we see all these programs, the amount of money they're, uh, you know, uh, they're making and then also paying coaching staff, specifically their head coaches, because the associate coaches don't get paid very much, uh, if anything at all. But the fact that the guys that are putting their bodies on the line to make the program succeed, um, you're shaking your head a little bit. It's Sym- almost sympathy. No, yeah. I don't. I have zero sympathy for someone who chooses to go play a sport for fun and has their education paid for them in the process. No, zero sympathy. Like it's not, I, it's, I don't want to say I'm passionately against scholarships. I just don't, I just don't ever see how that is fathomable that you and I are in class together and I'm making a hundred thousand dollars as a student. That's my salary to go to school the same as you. Plus my education is getting paid for. Like, does that sound right? I don't care about advertising and coaches. Profs get paid extremely well. Students who do really well in the classroom, should they get paid because they excel academically well they do in the form of scholarship same as that athlete so everybody's the same at the end of the day yes the amount of time they get they put in for their respective sports and they can't have the time to get a part-time job you know what the last time i checked without this degree that you're you're going to be getting any job you get with that degree is going to be better than if you didn't go to school and you're working a part-time with a high school diploma you i i think it's it's this is uneducated because I don't know of all the situations. Like the two that you just mentioned, Ryan, are they're very, very tough for those individuals. And someone listening to this might say, yeah, but you don't know what it's like. 100% true. But I think that the focus on professional aspirations is where they lose sight of. You're there for school. If that means that you have to, your semester looks different than someone else because the amount of time you put into to athletics, maybe your school goes all year round. You're already training for sports anyway. So maybe your semesters are all year round to make sure that you are able to get the degrees and the knowledge that you need to be successful once basketball or football is over. So I bring it full circle then to challenge that point is being seeing the NCAA as that pipeline and then the amount of athletes don't that don't actually see out the full four years necessarily to get their degree and then that don't go back to get their degree afterwards. I know that's more so on them, but are they still on scholarship? They still have the option to. Well, they would. Well, once they opt out, I think once they uh, declare for the draft, they break their scholarship. I yeah, think, they're no right? longer allowed to play, and therefore, if they can't play, they don't get a scholarship. Right. Then okay, I disagree with that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I think they should get paid. I, I don't understand why. Just because you say, "Hey, I want to toss my name into the draft. I hope someone calls my name." Why does that mean I can't come and play basketball for you again next year? Under scholarship, right. why why is that a thing? Yeah, and actually, I don't know a hundred percent. I think you can That's declare stupid. the uh, for NCAA basketball players. You can declare for the draft as so long as you don't have an agent. So there's a Canadian. Um, the name escapes uh, escapes me, but he has declared for the draft. R.J. Barrett. Not Barrett. Uh, yeah, it's uh, oh my goodness, I'm brain cramping right here. But anyways, he's declared for the draft. Does not have an agent, which would allow him to go back if he goes undrafted in the NBA. Ah, so if he so got an agent... I still understand that, though. I, like, I don't know I, why I, that's the caveat. There must but. be a reason why having an agent and representation puts you on a different playing field than... NCAA, uh, but, they probably it. have rationale behind it, but most of what the NCAA does is to protect the NCAA. So I don't... I, I can't imagine it. whatever their rule is on that is in the best interest of the 
the kid, I'm sure. Because yeah. that's not a rule that exists up here. No. 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 <laughs> you don't declare for shit here. You either, it's your draft year. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's based on the number of years you played. And right. you automatically are eligible. It's not declaring shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and further to my point, though, like those athletes using football as an example, again, that, you know, go to the university just as a means of getting to the NFL, should they not then, you know, considering that they're probably not at the college for an education because you see some of these bogus degrees that they're going after, shouldn't they still maybe getting some dollars and cents coming their way during their time in college? Because... You know they they won't have that career after the fact because more likely than not they're they're not going to complete their degree and that's also keeping in mind where some of these these kids come from their right? backgrounds exactly they come from, from lower economic areas right. they don't understand necessarily the whole point of a college they're looking at it strictly from a sports lens because their entire support system around them has always told them only about sports. So they don't necessarily come in thinking, yeah, I'm going to get a degree in kinesiology and I'm going to work in this field, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. They've only ever been told about the sports. Even in high school, they didn't have to do their own work. A lot of these kids may not even be the smartest people ever, right? Like we look at our, in our system here, you, we have really strict, each university has really high expectations on entrance grades, right? That's why as programs like University of Waterloo or Queens, you know, it's a little tougher for them for recruiting because they have such high, high mark requirements, but they still like, that's, that's why Canada, we have true student athletes, right? These kids are coming in to play because they love the game, might have some offhand aspirations to make it pro, but they're there to get an education. And the way our system is designed, will make sure that they do. But that, And then you have like Western, which has access to King's College, which is a little bit of a, an gray, odd... Gray area, yeah, for sure. Like, and I, I'm bringing that because I remember a number of years ago, there was this quarterback we saw at a combine that we all thought, yeah, this kid's amazing. And then we looked at his high school grades. Well, we're no point in even talking to him because we can't get him into Laurier. Mm-hmm. There's not a thing that can happen with this kid at Laurier. And he ended up going to another school where they had access to, you know, a roundabout way to get him in. Mm-hmm. In the US, that situation... There's no school saying, well, we're no, no point talking to this kid. They will do whatever they have to do to get him in. Harvard, Yale, even the Ivy Leagues? Um, maybe maybe the yeah. six or seven the Ivy six Leagues. Six or seven, out of, you're sure. right. Yeah, not but, a great But there's example. the other, you know, any certainly any of the state colleges, which, you know, have 110,000 seat stadiums. Um, Got to win state. Yeah. <laughs> Could have won state, boys. So, yeah. you know, those, they're going to figure out a way. The NCAA, I know there's all these rules, but they figure ways to get top athletes into the, these programs, right? Um, there's some things that are starting to happen where instead of getting sponsorships, because kids aren't allowed to, they're not allowed to make money off of their own person. I think that's where I question it a little bit. They're, they're specifically told you are not allowed to make money off of your own you. Like you can't put your likeness on something and make money off that. The team, like we can talk about the NCAA paying salaries and I agree. I don't think they should get salaries, but if I'm a top player at a, at a pretty solid school and I can't go down, down the street to the local car wash and appear in an ad for them to make myself quick five grand because I don't have time to be in a, have a job. I don't even know if I'm allowed to have a job other than working for the stadium or within strict guidelines within the school. But because I have promotional tours I have to go on that's that's advertising my program, I have to go um, in advertisements for my school. I then have to go to tournaments. I have to you know play this. I have to train this. And then I have to fit in school around that. So the schedule is much heavier than it ever would be here. 
but I'm not allowed to go down the street to that car wash and just be on a billboard for them, right? Even though I, I, without my jersey on, it's just me. Everyone knows who I am, mm-hmm. but I'm not allowed to make money off my own likeness. That's where I find, like, as if it's a required law, you're not allowed to make money off your own likeness. I can't even sell my shoes to pay for my rent. I can't even make 20 bucks on that. I can't even take, if I go to in and get a tattoo and the guy's like, you know what? It's on me. I'm just such a big fan of yours. This is a real honor for me to do this art on you. I can't, I have to pay for it because if I accept that, mm-hmm. I get kicked out of the league. So it's those really strict rules. I I, I am questioning. What would the hustle be like then by each person who, if if they open the floodgates to allow that, you can go out and get money however you want. How much like how many people would a take advantage of that and just looking for these paydays when? Why not put that extra time, the, the limited amount of time you just outlined, get your degree, study. Well, so ideally, that 5000 yes. that you're worried about now is going to come back to you tenfold when you get the job that you want. And that's, that's I'll keep coming back to that because they are there. People are going to argue this. They're there for the sport. That's I, I'm going to argue that the, the thinking has to change. They have to get, whether it's a bogus degree or not, that bogus degree to someone is still going to look 100 times better than no degree at all. Well, they see the name of the university for sure behind the university. Right? So now we got the, the top players going around. I mean, part of what you're saying really actually makes sense. But sure, make make some extra money. It's not hurting anybody. I just don't know how they monitor it. To, to like what is why would they to- have to though I would ask that what what's what's uh why why does this kid have to have his every minute of every day controlled by the football program because they are essentially getting paid to do that right they're getting their tuition to per- perform on the field but if I'm a, a top student and I'm getting my I'm getting my money through my scholarship and I do whatever the hell I want to do when I'm not on campus I have to maintain my grades to maintain my scholarship. That's my that's my contract. True. But I can still go out and sell my likeness if I wrote some awesome paper. I can do whatever the hell I want. But if I'm a player, I can't. Even though if we're comparing the two in the same situation, making the same amount of money based on the scholarship, the player has almost no uh, freedom whatsoever on what they do in their own time. The student can do whatever the hell they want as long. Both of them have requirements. You have to maintain your performance in both but on the sports side, not only do they have to perform, but they also now cannot do anything else. Whereas a student could, right? If that student is on scholarship and is poor and you know a friend's family decides to pay for their apartment, that kid's not losing his scholarship over that and having his entire dream of his career path taken away. Whereas the student athlete is, I agree with you, the, the, the student aspect of it should be the number one thing, but the billions of dollars that are made off of that industry in the United States has bred a culture that sure that's 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 completely ruined the schooling portion out of it, which I disagree with. I don't think that should be. A, I think they've ruined the beauty of student athletes, the beauty of 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 university sport. That's why I love Canadian university sport because we don't have that. It feels more pure, right? These people are playing it because they love it and they are there to get an education, and everyone knows it. In the U.S., every like every aspect of it is treated like a business, except for how the players are allowed to act. Everybody else is making a fortune off these players, but the players aren't allowed to do anything. So what I'm hearing is maybe eliminate or just even drastically reduce the amount of restriction on those athletes because then they'll have the freedom to capitalize on the platform that they have. 
Yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with the kid making money off their likeness. As much as the conference yeah. or the... Yeah, they don't need to be talking about their team. They don't... If, you know, that's where you can get into a gray area. I'm not sure about the kid going on some TV commercial spot in his Duke uniform. Because now you are representative right. of Duke. But building your own brand. Yeah. I, I mean, or being one of those online... Uh, what are they? Uh, influencers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, it's just you. you. It can be your stuff, your friends, party pictures, whatever the hell, right? And have some companies that, that give you money because you have 4 million followers on Instagram. So, yeah, I want to give you a bit of money to wear my shirt. That's I don't see anything wrong with that, personally. I don't like the idea of the students getting paid because I agree with you completely, Frank. They are getting money. They are getting a salary and they're getting sixty or or $100,000 a year, depending on this, the college down there, in tuition. So that's incredible. And therefore, that is their income. But the outside of it stuff, I kind of feel like it's it's strange that they're signing over all of their rights, essentially, when they join one of those teams. They're not allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to make any of their own decisions, whereas every single other student in that school does. It's the second they put on a uniform, those freedoms go away. And and, and it's all to benefit the organizational system that is the NCAA, right? That's where they make all their money. I, so I don't, I don't know. I don't see any issue with the, the likeness thing. Are they so handcuffed then that there hasn't been any kind of strike by players up to now? Like, why is it just the public that weighs well, in on there, it? There, there like have how, been. Uh, that's a good question. Like, if, if if they if the players have as much power as we're saying they have to to stop billions of dollars being made to the university, why don't they just say? They all just decide. No, I wonder if it'll come to that. Even with no union. I, don't I, I wonder just, if it'll come to that, quite frankly, because this online stuff, right? The, the, the Nikes of the world making more money off of the high school kids than the actual pros. This is relatively recent, right? So I, I wonder if the longer that that's around and start people start, because there's a number of coaches um, in that movie. They actually did follow one coach. He was a, he was a, a unit coach in the NFL um, and then he ended up being, I think, the offensive coordinator at a, one of the big schools or two of the big schools. He ended up getting fired because he started speaking out a little bit and saying, and it, it had to, I forget, it, it might have been because of that running back, but he, he started speaking out saying, this seems this seems ridiculous. These kids were, were using them. They're, they're obviously getting something out of this too, but they're not allowed to do anything with their lives. And if they do anything, they're, that's it, you're done. And... You know, and yet I'm as a coach, I've made a fortune in my life, uh, you know, all this stuff. And so he started talking about it. he got fired and he's now not he won't get a job again. Schools are not going near him, even though he's an NFL caliber coach. He's still, you know, jobless two years later because he's been put on the blacklist. Right. So there is a lot of risk, as with any first person to start a movement kind of thing, a lot of risk. But it's a good question. I wonder if the longer this goes on and the more people are aware of it, maybe students will start to... And I also think, think about you as a, the middle-of-the-road athlete on your team. You're not the top five-star recruit, but you're not the walk-on. It Maybe you're the one in your head say, hey, this this we should do this, fellas. What about the top guys who probably are going to make it to the NBA and who are living... Uh, you know, every day understanding I get a lot of the stuff and I'm going to get some more. We're not fucking doing shit because I need to play in order to make it there. So no, we're all here. We get to play basketball. Like I just wonder need amongst every dressing room, is it as big a deal to them as it seems to be? Probably not to the top recruits. Yeah, I, I agree. I, with that. And I think partially they're scared because they don't want to be seen as a shit disturber to other pro teams that would then look at them saying, yeah, they're oh, okay, the they're just going to, yeah, that's for sure. Everything they say, do 
online, offline. It's all under the microphone, mi- the microphone, the, mi- the magnifying glass. I'm yep. sure they there's a lot of pressure on them to to behave perfectly. Zion Williamson is a great example because everyone's dubbed him the next coming of whatever. Now he blew up his shoe and almost hurt himself. And there was an interesting question came up. What if he blew out his knee? His entire value right now is based off of the potential greatness he's going to achieve in the NBA. If he blows out his knee and can never play basketball again, is his name worth anything? I I think we forget about him two years from now. And I mean, we could talk that at that time, if he recovers mentally from losing everything that he thought was coming and can refocus on his studies, great. You know, at least he'll then be somebody who went to school and got a degree. But it's interesting because they were selling tickets to the North Carolina Duke game <laughs> for $3,500 yeah. a ticket, right? So the people made making a fortune off of him. But if he blows his knee out, he made nothing off of that, right? So there's a lot of risk there too. Same with for every, yeah, yeah right? With every, every athlete every faces athlete. That, 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 yeah. that fear of, I, I don't want to get hurt, but... And, and, and that what, is part of the risk, though. That's an understandable risk. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up basketball specifically because it kind of goes to your point earlier, Frank, about student athletes. They get a, a you know a degree out of these things, and basketball specifically is exhibit A of the one and done. I, I don't think there's any other sport across the NBA, uh, NCAA that almost encourages, hey, come to college for one year, and then we're going to give the exemption to then declare for the draft. And at that point, they're they're not thinking about necessarily mm-hmm. getting their degrees at that point too, no, at all, right? They don't care. Because that's the only be real way of getting to, to the class. Yeah, it, it, so change that to, what, two years after yeah. your second year and then still make them eligible to come back for their third year full scope. Like, change it a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. that yeah. make you wait a little bit longer for half of your college uh, career, two years, you still got to try hard in class and then you can declare for the draft and then still be able to come back. Or how about this even? Why do they even have to go to the NCAA? Why not uh, transform the G League? Say, okay, well, if you're not set, if you're not looking to go the school route, take that chance and, you know, declare for the draft at, you know, after you're 17, 18, just coming out of high school, and we'll pop you in the G League for a couple seasons to season you. Yeah. And the teams will then have them as their property, I, and I essentially, and work their way up. I think that's actually is something that's starting to happen a little more. The G League is been around long enough now that it has some relevancy and some players have made it to the NBA as a result of the G League. You look at someone like Pascal Siakam who refined his all-star now status in the G League or Fred Van Vliet, an undrafted player who played out his entire career at wherever college. He he has a degree, I believe. He you know, was on the Raptors in 905. So then the G League is becoming a much more respected feeder that I think some yeah. some kids are. I mean, it's just like in hockey, right? Nobody goes to a university in Canada with the expectations of making the NHL. Everyone goes to the OHL or the AHL. They make a small amount, tiny stipend, I think, while still going to school. While still going Which to school. This is that's the part that I think is missing. Are, are we saying the G League is still like? How are they getting an education then? Well, at this or point, is it just G League or bust. Uh, well, G League or bust because, uh, or they could be doing it like the OHL, yeah. but they're paying their own way in school. Yeah. Which if these kids are coming from less. Right. So, but yeah. but if they're not getting an education anyway, right? I I don't know if there's but, much of a difference. But I think the one and done kind of proves the point that okay, they're there, they're declaring for say Duke or North Carolina just to have that brand exposure because it's much greater than say the Raptors 905 of the G League as well. If you're just coming out of high school too, so you get on that platform for even if it's just that one year, and then you you're 
on your way to potentially an MBA opportunity to versus out of high school from wherever. And then you're stuck in the G league for a few seasons. No one hears your name and maybe your dollar value necessarily isn't going to be as high right off the bat. Mm-hmm. There's a, I'm actually curious cause you, you are involved with the, the basketball league in our area. I wonder yes. how many of those, those players went to college with aspirations didn't make it, maybe went into the G League, didn't make it long, and now they're in our league. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they touched on one one player, a football player in that in that documentary. He was a bit older. He didn't get drafted in the NFL. He ended up playing arena football because he couldn't get a job anywhere else. Even with a degree, he, he still, he didn't, he just couldn't get a job. And the mar- you know, job market's not great, so it doesn't guarantee you anything when you have a degree, as it doesn't to anybody, to be fair. But he, uh, he ended up getting a... a a spot on a team in the arena league and he was just the, the happiest guy ever. And he's making, you know, 1500 bucks, uh, a paycheck kind of thing. It's 45,000, $50,000 a year job, but he's getting his ass kicked every day in this arena league. Um, but he made it somewhere that he felt happy, but he's broken too. When he's gets off the field, his elbows and his knees are all bashed in and he's got it, you know, he's on all this medication and in the United States, the other side of that too, that we don't, we don't think about up in Canada Healthcare is not free. So these kids that don't make it as make a career of it in sports, they've made their entities a shit ton of money. They haven't made anything. They've sacrificed themselves physically for that program. Again, all their choice, right? Not not completely absolving them. But then they go into the normal working world. Even if they get a half decent job, their healthcare is going to cost them a fortune over their lives, much more than the the average person. Plus depending on the sport, if it's like football, their chances of a shorter life are, are much higher than the average person because in the number of times they got hit, you know, their, their knees are in bad shape. Like there's just, there's so much more of a cost that they're putting into it um, that in the U.S. then it will actually cost them money down the line because they will have to pay for that. We don't, so it's kind of nice. But um, I just wonder if maybe there could be something more of a program to help athletes down the road maybe some kind of healthcare program for ex ncaa athletes um i know they're starting to do that in the pro leagues right because we've seen with cte and, and the concussion issues especially in, in football that there's you know huge settlements and stuff i think they're actually starting to develop long-term healthcare programs for ex players because they understand that those players are going to have a lot more to deal with than the average person and that's can be held true for college athletes as well just maybe not with the same kind of financial reward not to mention i think more courses or just more mentorship and money management as well because you Huge. see the, these Absolutely. kids making millions of dollars and just piss it all away that's yeah that that's a good point that i'm surprised didn't come up i mean we see first year nba players what's an 18 year old know what to do with 10 million dollars oh they have but, no idea but rewind that a year or two earlier and put them in college with that same and and all the people i just i don't know i just don't know how you have college athletes with the specific question of do they get salaries? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ideas. I mean, I love the idea of if you play for this school, you're, you're guaranteed 50% health coverage for the rest of your life. I don't know, you know, something mm-hmm. right. Uh, just for you, whether they say to you and eventually a spouse and children would probably not fly. Yeah. That, but that still, like, drive the cost I, I think I, I like, I like there being something for that because yes, although it was your choice, you are giving a lot of your physical health to a sport. Yeah, and and sometimes you're often, again, if you come from an underprivileged or maybe just an uninformed source location and you don't understand the physical risks you're putting yourself in, no one's ever explained it to you, you know, there's there's questions there too where did you misrepresent the sport? 
to this kid, right? And I remember even in, in university here, there was a kid that had to retire in his second year for a program because he had his 13th concussion, I think. Jeez, wow. Um, it was because he had a bunch in high school. And when you have one, it's easier to get another. Right. right. Like it's a compounding effect. Right. And he was only second year. He's 19 or 20. He had to retire from the sport because of how damaged. I can't believe it took 13 for them to, pull, <laughs> yeah. to, to draw the line. Well, and that's Shocking. where you ask his high school program. How many did they? Oh, you're How fine. How many were undocumented? Too. Right, exactly. So it's yeah. where they brushed off. Just don't know that he legitimately had a concussion yeah, too. That's well, there's too. that. Yeah. There, there is that too. Um, but yeah, there's. So much shadiness. And that's where I really hate how the NCAA has so much money. And where there's that much money, there's going to be shadiness. Because everybody's trying to get their piece. And they're going to make kids play when they probably shouldn't. You know, even that the running back, when he was at, he was trying to try out for a combine for some European league. He ended up playing in Germany. Um, he's doing his, you know, as we've been to CFL combines and you watch kids do the 40 yard and all the different agility tests and stuff. He's doing his agility test, but he has got a torn ligament on the outside of his foot mm-hmm. and he has no money. So he can't get that fixed. He's not in school cause he's not allowed to play. Um, so he's just taping the shit out of his foot and hoping for the best. And you can see every time he gets off the, the he took his, he would take his shoe off and just kind of breathe it out because the amount of pain was in his foot. But he knew that he, he needed to do this to even have a shot at, continuing to the dream right his goal was to go to europe maybe come to canada eventually get into the nfl like he's still holding on to that hope and he was a solid running back in his in his short career he just made the mistake of getting free rent <laughs> you know well i think it's easy to say that we don't really have dreams of making millions of dollars but uh, i think we had some good thoughts here today uh especially on this topic that i think is going to remain open-ended for quite a bit of time yet i don't see a solution you know, coming anytime soon because of just how much money is involved and how much people would be losing it too, specifically the NCAA in this instance, and they're not going to give it up as easily as we think. So uh, we'll leave it to you to think about some of the thoughts we presented here today and, you know, maybe uh, send us an email or uh, a couple tweets or maybe even a Facebook post of what your thoughts are and how they can approach maybe changing things and evolving as an organization to support these student athletes. So for myself, Dan Polchuk, Ryan Carmichael and Stephen Frake, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.